Hello, rap stars, and welcome to another wonderful episode of The Rap Show brought to you by me, Romeo Santos, and my co-host, Kenny Fulton. Kenny, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. How are you? I can't complain, man. Life is beautiful. Yeah. We are in a crazy, crazy real estate market. It is like a roller coaster at the amusement park, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You know, every day is a new challenge and, um, you know, nothing's the same as it was the last week. So, but, you know, but, but we know how to bob and weave. So we're doing that's right. right. That's right. We certainly do. We certainly do. All right. So, Kenny, you had something that you were feeling really passionate about that you wanted to talk about this week. Let our audience know what it is we're going to be chatting about. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Red Ankle Properties, you know, we're growing, we're expanding, you know, we're bringing on, you know, new agents. Some of the agents we bring on have experience, you know, some are, are new. And uh, one of the challenges, and I think we can both relate, is getting that first deal. Um, that I think, first you know, one. Yeah. Getting your license takes a huge investment of time, uh, passing your tests, but also financially. Mm -hmm. And you want to recoup that as soon as possible. So we have six tips that we're going to go over today. Um, of what you can do to help you to get to that first deal as, as quickly as possible. All right. I'm excited. I want to hear them. Let's, let's see what we can do. Let's help some people today. All right. Well, let's dive in. You know, and we speak all the time about, you know, the benefits of, of being on a team. And, and one of the things is because we rely a lot on systems. Right. And so the first thing that you can do to get your first deal is to treat it like a business. Mm. And, uh, it's funny because it reminds me of one of your, your sayings that you uh, say all the time. What's that? If you treat it like a business, you'll get paid like a business. If you treat it like a hobby, you'll get paid like a hobby. That's right. That's right. And one of my sayings was always, uh, you know, uh, in my, my prior careers and people were like, you know, you should, you know, get your license. You know, you should be an agent. I said, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it full time. Right. Um, and I said, you know what? I could probably make more money off of having a real estate school than, than being an agent. Because how mm. many people have you met who got their license and then they never do one transaction. Yeah, it, it, that's true. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, the reality is that the, the real estate licensing process does not prepare you for the real estate business. It merely prepares you to not end up in real estate jail, right? And I always say that jokingly, obviously, there's no real estate jail out there, ladies and gentlemen. However, I feel like there should be sometimes. No. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it teaches you about agency and it teaches you about you know fair housing and it teaches you about different milestones and timelines that are important but it doesn't teach you actually what you need to do to find clients win clients service clients to the best of your ability and also build a business it just doesn't prepare you for any of that yeah i agree 100 percent. i mean you know when you're talking about treating your business like a business you know any business you need to have a plan you need to write something down. You need to come up with goals. Like, okay, well, what is my goal here? And then if you're writing it down, then it's easier to deconstruct it. So instead right. of just saying, hey, I want to get a deal. Um, but if you're saying, I want to get this many deals. Okay, well, how many people do I need to talk to? What's going to be my method of, of, of contacting and reaching mm. out these people? Does it require an investment of money or time in order to make these connections? So if you start off treating it like a business, come up with a plan, um, it's always best to do a little bit of uh, R&D, you know, which mm -hmm. we call a, which is, which is rip off and duplicate. That's right. Rip off and duplicate. That's right. Somebody else has done it already. Yep. Somebody else has done it already. We've done it already. Contact the people who've already done it, who are in your market or, or service the type of clients that you want to service and then find out what they're, what they've done and then do those exact same things. 
No, I, I love that you said that because I actually had a conversation yesterday with, um, with a, uh, somebody that's building a massive coaching business for a, a very large expansion team that, that I admire quite a bit. And she's got a ton of experience and, you know, she's like, what are you lacking? And I said, you know what I think I'm lacking the most in my business is that I'm not spending enough time around or talking to or spending time with people that have either done what I want to do are doing what I am trying to do or have already done what it is that I want to do. Because, you know, that is what is going to drive you forward is who you're able to surround yourself with. And that's really important that you brought that up. So our team, another team, a great brokerage, a mentor, whatever it is, when you're getting started, you got to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of and get advice from and figure out, am I on the right track? Right. Am I thinking wrong? And, and, and if so, what would be a better way to think about this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that's a, a great way to kind of roll into the next one. Um, you know, oftentimes we try to think of, you know, what is the easiest route to find mm. the first deal? And sometimes we just want to throw money at the problem. Right. Um, and something that a lot of new agents do is they will say, well, where do you get your leads from? Are you buying mm -hmm. leads? Right. And the market's changed a lot in that regard. You know, a couple of years ago, you know, you could buy leads from like, from like Zillow, you know, that was sure. something that you could do at that point in time. Yeah. They're very expensive. You know, we've, we've, you know, we've gone that route. We, mm -hmm. we still make investment into getting leads online. Not Zillow, ladies and gentlemen. Not, don't get Zillow leads, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of vendors out there who are going to come to you as soon as you get your license and offer, you know, to send you leads, you know, for a fee. Right. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's not really about where the leads come up. So tip number two is don't blame weak leads. There's right. no such thing, right? So if you find that you've made an investment into leads, um, um, and then those things aren't panning out. It's probably not the lead source. It's probably about the follow-up, you know, mm. what's your, your method of contacting. So we find on average, well, well, let me ask you, Romeo, about how many times do you have to contact a lead before you can convert that into an appointment? Nowadays, between 12 and 17 attempts. Right. Yeah. So buying a lead and then calling them one time and saying they didn't pick up or they didn't respond to a text or an email is not going to be enough. It's a long-term commitment uh, to continue to come. So most of the time leads are coming because this person made some type of an inquiry online. So you know they're interested in real estate. Whether mm -hmm. they're interested today or six months from now, you don't really know. But you've made an investment. And so to get a return on an investment, you're going to have to consistently follow up with that client over a long period of time. That's right. The fortune is in the follow-up, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, you are going to need to, well, what is it that we say, right? I always tell you guys, and, 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 and I try to live by this as well, that you continue to call them until one of two things happens, okay? Um, we're going to get a little un-PG for a second. Either they tell you to go fuck yourself, and then you at least know, okay, that's a trash, trash lead, or they tell you where they are in the real estate sales cycle. And every single person is somewhere in that cycle. And just because you meet somebody that says they're interested and then they fizzle out doesn't mean they're not really interested. You just got to stay in front of them. Great example is my wife and I constantly are like, maybe we should move to another house and then we fizzle out. Maybe we should move to another house and then we fizzle out. 
again, now we're looking at houses again, because maybe we'll move and we may not yet. If I wasn't an agent and somebody followed up with me, it might be frustrating for them. Yet when we do buy, it's going to be a big house and there might be another house to sell with it. So you got to keep in touch with people because guess what? Not only do you need a deal today, but you need a deal next week, next month, next year, the year after that, and the year after that. So it doesn't matter when they transact. It just matters that when they do, they transact with you. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of times that'll show a lot of value with the client as well, because you're not just calling like, ready to buy yet? You ready to buy yet? You ready to buy yet? Come with something valuable. Mm -hmm. Come back and say, hey, like I have a client this week where I think the last four messages that I've sent to them or voicemails I've left were they didn't respond at all. Right. Um, but the last one, I think really touched home when I said, Hey, look, here's a couple properties that, you know, fit your criteria. Just want to let you know, the market is turning around for buyers. Rates are back down. We're finding more inventory, which means there's more selection for you. Yeah. And a better chance of us getting a house under a contract without you bidding against 15 other peoples, which was the case when they first came on the market. So right. giving them something of value will really reel them in, or at least it'll show like, Hey, look, this person has the pulse on the market. And I'm still on the top of their mind. So when they are ready to pick an agent, I have a better shot at them going with me because, you know, I've been talking with them for six months or 12 right. months or however long that it takes. And you've brought them value. So I love it. Awesome. Okay, cool. What's the next one? All right. Number three, uh, which is something that, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, going back and forth on, which is maximizing the power of social media. So Absolutely. The, the first, my first few months, uh, you know, coming, um, uh, get, getting licensed and, you know, starting to work on getting my first deal. I didn't have Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> I remember. Oh my God. <laughs> it was, it was, every month, Romeo would say, have you started your Facebook page yet? And I'd be like, no, I, haven't. I wanted to do it every other way. I really <laughs> didn't want to have to get on social media for various <laughs> reasons, but ultimately, you know, it is free. Um, and it's, it's powerful. You know, it's the number one way uh, to connect with people that you know, people that you don't know, yep. and, and to do marketing. So you don't have to do flyers and mailers. You can do those things, but you can bring your phone with you, which you have at all times, take a picture about what you're doing, or drop a video, and send it out to millions of people, you know, with the push of a button. So it is a right. really great tool. There's a reason, you know, why everybody's using it. And, and it's, it's something that, you know, um, um, immediately, you know, changed my business and not just for the, for the immediate business, but for future business. When I right. see friends and family and when I run into people, they say, oh, man, Kenny, I see that you're killing it out there. And I don't even know that they're even paying attention to what I'm posting. Uh, but when you get that feedback, uh, it really goes a long way. So Absolutely. Romy, what are your thoughts about social media? Listen, I think social media is really huge, right? You have to just be very careful with it. And so don't it's like anything else, right? You've got to have a plan around how you do your social media. And I spend a lot of time thinking about this. And I actually spend a lot of money too, because we actually even hire people to help us manage our social media. Because social media can be used in a couple different ways, right? First and foremost, like Kenny said, to connect with people. That's what we do, right? Like as a real estate agent, you guys got to know that you're not selling houses, you're solving problems. Mm -hmm. If you look at it that way, It'll change everything for you. Stop trying to sell people stuff and start trying to solve people's problems. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously I'm not talking about their relationship problems. I'm talking about their real estate problems. Right. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, though, you got to get mind share 
right? And so how do you get Mindshare? Well, you get Mindshare by posting on there and letting people know what it is that you're doing. I say it all the time. Don't be a secret agent, right? So social media helps you to do that, okay? And then uh, uh, Bill Hennessy, uh, my buddy Dave Hennessy's dad actually gave me that when I first got licensed in 2001 at Long and Foster. He said, don't be a secret agent. All right, so um, anyways, you, you, you gotta have a strategy, but you can't inundate people with just real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. You're also alive, right? You have a life. So are you going to get ice cream with your kids? Check in and post about the great ice cream place in your community. Are you you know, um, going golfing or you're on a boat or you're on a vacation, like post things that are going on in your life as well, which are not so comfortable for everybody, but people need to know that you're a real person, right? That's the big buzzword these days is that whether or not, like, especially in politics, do they seem relatable? Yeah. How relatable do they seem, right? Because that's what people are voting on is like their gut, right? I mean, we've seen that in politics recently where, you know, people that maybe, you know, the world didn't think we're actually going to get voted, got voted in because they, they were able to be more relatable than other candidates. I mean, across the board on all different parties. So that's something that I think is really important. You got to be relatable. And the only way you can do that is if you are doing things that interest other people. And if you just bombard them with real estate, that's not going to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and also on a, a peer to peer relationship as well, you know, yeah. not just connecting with, you know, potential clients, but with other agents. So mm-hmm. something we try to do is be matchmakers. So, you know, join the, you know, different groups and associations in your community. Um, yeah. Join, you know, the investor network, um, you know, because now you can actually be an asset to your clients as well. Maybe you can find a deal before it comes to market. You know, you're connecting with other agents and, you know, saying, hey, I have a need here. Does anybody have a listing coming on the market in this particular neighborhood? I have a client who's really looking for something here. And you might right. find somebody who has something. And before you can even hit the market, you can, uh, you know, make something work. So absolutely uh, a lot of value there. But one thing that you said is actually number four, which is don't is be it? a secret agent. Oh, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of my favorite things uh, because, you know, uh, number one is very easy to remember, you know, so right. obviously secret agent has different connotations. Uh, but, you know, the number one thing you should do once you get your license, and I even tell people while they're working on it, is start to tell everybody you come across that you are either working on your license or that you have your license, you join a team, um, because it's it's easy to make that call when you first get it. If you've had your license for 10 years and you're calling people like, hey, I got my license, like, yeah, I, I know, I know, you know. Right, right. When you first get your license, you're excited. You need to tell everybody that you know. And everybody. Everybody. One strategy that we did was we would pick out two letters of the alphabet. And every day we will call everybody in our phone book now, what it does is it takes the pressure off of like, wow, I haven't talked to this person in 10 years. If their name starts with an A, you're calling the A's today. Right. right. And you're letting them know, hey, I got my license. I'm on a great team. Got it. You want to put everybody on notice. And then also it'll, it'll break the ice. So that way when you do some follow up, you know, and whatever that frequency is, if it's somebody who you're really close to, maybe you'll be talking to them in a week or two. If it's somebody you're not really that close to, maybe you'll be following up with them in a month or in a quarter. But at least it kind of sets a milestone of, okay, I talked to this person on this date. I'm going to check back in with them in, you know, two, three months from now. Right. Um, so start off by just letting everybody in your phone book know. That's right. And people get hung up on this one. But then I, I, you know, some of the things that I like to say when we are bringing on a new agent and, they, and they're apprehensive about this is I, I'll ask them something like, let me ask you a question. 
if you were opening a restaurant, would you call everybody you knew and invite them in to enjoy a meal at your restaurant? And they always go, yeah, of course. Then how is this any different? You're opening a business and the business is called you. Don't you think these people want to support you? Because they would want to support you, right? If you open a restaurant, people would be excited for you. They'd want to come in. They'd want to see you. They'd want to support you. It's no different in this. And that's why you have to reframe your thinking. If you feel like you're a salesperson, then you are always going to have issues with this. But if you realize that you're a problem solver, like we did today, Kenny, did we solve a problem for our client? Big problem. And we, and we weren't trying to sell them anything. We were just simply trying to solve a problem for them, which is we got to get their household so that they don't lose the other house that they're, that they're under contract on. Right. If you look at yourself as a problem solver, first and foremost, then you'll never feel like a salesperson because you generally will have the other person's best interested at heart. Yeah. And, you know, um, think about, you know, somebody who's really close to you, right. Mm-hmm. And you don't let them know that you're here now. The best person to help them is probably you, right. right. Somebody who's vested and has their best interests at heart. And because you didn't let them know that you were here to help them with this problem, they pick a random person and mm-hmm. have a bad experience. And you knew the whole time that you could have been there to help them out. So, right. you know, when I, when I come to people, especially now, you know, with the amount of experience that I have, I'm really coming to you with like, look, there's really not a better option for you out there. If there is, you probably don't even know that person, but you know me and I'm right. able to help you. So I truly come to people with, you know, the confidence that I am going to do whatever it takes to help you with reaching your goals, whatever those things right. are. But it starts with letting people know that I'm at least in a position to do that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, let's talk about the elephant in the room because we may be talking to new agents, right? Obviously we're talking to new agents as our audience right now, because we're talking about getting your first deal. There's another great thing that by affiliating yourself with a group or a team or an organization or a mentor or a partner or whatever it is that helps you overcome this concern. Why would they want to work with me? I'm brand new. I don't know anything yet. You know that you care about them and you know that you want to solve their problems. So you're right. You should be with somebody that can help you through that process. You need to have somebody help you through that process. Listen, when I first got licensed in 2001, I didn't sell a house for over a year. Right. A year. Now, that was because I was trying to learn as much as I could before I went out and helped people. But guess what? If I would have affiliated with somebody else or joined a team, not that there were teams back in 2001, I would have moved a lot quicker. Right. Because I would have had the confidence to say, yeah, you're right. I am new, but, and I have this person with X amount of years. that has got my back. That's going to be alongside with me. Okay, cool. Well, 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 I like how you said confidence, but it's confidence and competence. Correct. So, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do wrong in your first transaction um, or any transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you have a mentor of some sort to make sure that you're doing things in the, the proper order and sequence and, and legally and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think knowing that you have that mentor, somebody behind you should give you the confidence to say, hey, look, I'm not going to mess this up because somebody else is going to be here with me. And it's OK to let people know that as well. So one of the things that, um, that, that I did when I was making that phone call was to mention you know, that I have a partner and that he has 15 years experience and, and, and all those other kind of things as well. Because if they have any of those, uh, you know, reservations about like, oh, great, man, you're doing this, you know, but what, what do you know? Then right. At least you've kind of already 
you know, answer that question, you know, ahead of time. Absolutely. Um, I want to go on to the next thing is, uh, which is making sure that you are remembered, right? Yes. So this kind of ties in, you know, not being a secret agent. You need to make contact with people, let them know what's going on. You need to employ all the tools at your disposal, whether it's, you know, marketing materials, whether it's your social media. Uh, but when you finally are able to make a contact with somebody and you're working towards getting this first deal, you want to make sure that in some way they remember this conversation or that you're in this position. So what are some of the things that you do to make sure that, that you're remembered? Well, something that we do now that we had uh, implemented this year is that we have a, a nice meeting you um, little gift and card that goes out. So once we meet with somebody new, we get their mailing address in that process. And then we send them a little gift, some popcorn that's really delicious and a little card that just says, hey, Kenny, it was really nice meeting with you. I look forward to helping you with your real estate goals and solving your problems going forward, right? That is a really great way to do so. But if you don't have the money to do that, that's okay. It can be something as simple as just simply following up. You could go to the dollar store, buy a, a card, write a handwritten note. And even if you don't want to pay for the postage, drive to their house and drop it back at their house and say, thank you for taking time to meet with me. I appreciate it. That stuff goes a long way to making you a memorable person versus just being like everybody else. That's just like, I want your business now. I want your business now. Oh, you're not doing it now. Then you're not nothing to me. You got to make sure that you let them know that you're there for them, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something that I've started to do is especially off after a busy weekend uh, where maybe you've been out and about, you went to a, a gathering of some sort, you know, a housewarming, a, a baby shower, uh, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And you meet somebody, I tell everybody I'm an agent, like I'm going to ask what you do for a living. Inevitably, they'll probably ask me what I do for a living. I'll drop that in there. And then I try to exchange information as much as possible. So even in the event, I'm not able to get that person's phone number. Um, a lot of people have social media. I'll usually go to that mutual friend and try to connect somewhere, somewhere, somewhere that way. But, you know, handwritten notes, they work, but only in an event where you have somebody's address. And sometimes right. it's not always, you know, True. appropriate to get somebody's personal address the first time you meet. But there's probably some way that you can, you know, leave with that person. So one thing that I like to do is whenever I try to connect with somebody, I say, hey, um, yeah, let's, let's just change information. And so I ask them for their number and I text them and I text them and I send or I'll send them my contact card. And I have myself saved as or I tell them, save me as Realtor Kenny. So I tell them, like, I want to put the title in front of my name. So now if you're thinking of Realtor, Realtor, every time you see my name in your phone book, I want you to see Realtor Kenny. So I generally will, you know, introduce myself that way, you know, to, to people whenever I'm meeting them online or through text. Yeah. Following up, hey, this is Realtor Kenny here, you know, because you really want to associate your name with what it is that you do. So you're trying to you know, put that picture. So when they're thinking of like, oh, who do I know who's a realtor? They type it in their phone. If they're just scrolling and they see realtor Kenny, whatever, or who's this, who's this Kenny Fulton guy? They don't remember how they met you or where right. they met you. I, I feel like it'll increase the chances of you sticking in that phone book or sticking in our mind because you, you know, are associating. And I do this for everybody. When I meet a, an electrician, I put electrician Tim or whatever. It right, is. right. You no, know, but this is something that I think is really um, uh, valuable. So make sure that you're remembered. Um, associate yourself a great with tip. what it is that you do. Um, That's a great then, free tip. Yeah. Everybody should be doing that. Actually, I don't even do that. I'm doing that today. Yeah. I'm yeah. changing my contact card to say Realtor Romeo. That's right. That, that's who you are. That's what we do. Right. Um, now, 
if you want to employ technology, like we spoke about, you know, mm -hmm. we use um, um, email campaigns. So sure. You want to make sure, like, to be remembered, um, meeting somebody one time and saying your name one time is typically not going to be enough. Not going to do it. So if you end up with that person's email address or wherever, however you contacted them, you want to make sure that you have some type of a drip campaign mm -hmm. uh, to constantly remind them. That, but do something that brings value, not just sending your picture or what you did over and over. You know, have information that you could bring to your clients. Right. Um, so email addresses are very valuable. That should always be your goal to get their email so that way you could do some kind of follow up. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. OK, perfect. And what's next? All right. Number six. And this is a funny one, uh, but don't be a pest. Right. I think this is, you know, also, you know, it could be your greatest fear or your 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 greatest weakness. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of us, we're afraid of being pests and that that stops us from even, you know, going after. Right. Business. And then some of us don't realize that we are pests and then we turn people off. Right. So I'm sure there's yeah. a thin line there uh, between the, the two of those. Uh, but but first of all, you have to have the confidence and um, in order to even go out there and put yourself out there. But once once you get there, you want to find a healthy balance. So I don't ask my friends every week for a referral. Right. Correct. I'm not calling all my friends every week. Say, hey, do you got a referral? You got a referral? Do you have a referral? But in my weekly conversation, I will say, hey, how's business? How's work? Right. So that way I can introduce, you know, what's going on in, in my professional world. Uh, but for people that I don't have that personal relationship, you really want to time um, your contacts accordingly. So if this is somebody that you, you know, let's say somebody you went to high school with. Right. And now, you know, you end up taking a conversation offline with them and you want to follow up with them through Facebook. Uh, some easy things that you could do is show an interest in their life. So when they post pictures of their kid's birthday party, say, oh, man, uh, so happy for, you know, Johnny's fifth birthday party. Right. Always have to be business. Just act like you care about their life. I say act, you know, because we are kind of acting. But care about their life, chime in, and then drop in every once in a while just to let them know about what's going on and that you're here. Because there's nothing wrong with asking for business or asking for referrals. Right. Nothing wrong at all. And I mean, listen, you can't ask for referrals like Kenny was joking about earlier, if that's all that you're doing. I mean, you can, but it may not be well received. So you do want to engage, right? I mean, and, and be careful though, be strategic, right? Like we put on our calendar, five, 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 five means our five social media contacts, our five phone calls and our five text messages. And we have a system around how we communicate with people. And then also we put notes that we need to, you know, go on social media and, and make sure that we're liking or engaging with people's posts. Because again, social media can be a great tool. And so if you engage with other folks, guess what they're going to do? They're going to engage back with your stuff. And then social media is going to realize that you two are connected and start showing you each other's stuff. Because I know I have 4,000 people in my friends list and I don't see 4,000 people in my newsfeed every day. I see the same 30. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Awesome. All right. And number seven. Well, we got six today. But oh, six. I thought you said it was seven. I apologize. It's okay. But since, since we thought about seven, uh, I'll put it back on you. What's something else that you think a new agent can do to get their first deal that we didn't cover? Do every single solitary open house that you can possibly do. Mm, great tip. You are meeting real live bona fide people that not only are expressing interest as a voyeur online, but they've gotten in the car 
and they've walked, driven or walked down the street and come inside the house, you get to see them face to face, build and develop rapport with them, get their contact information because everybody knows if they walk into an open house or giving up their contact information. And then you follow up with them and see if you can end up winning their business and being their realtor of choice. Open houses, let's say that on a small scale, you met two people that were unrepresented at every open house you did. And if for the first six months or even year, you did two open houses every weekend, four open houses, sorry, four contacts a weekend, four weeks, that's eight contacts, okay? Eight times six is what, 64, Kenny? Yeah. Is that right? Is my math right? It may not be right. But anyways, you, yeah, I think it is. Eight times six, 64. 64 people that you've met that are interested in buying and or selling potentially real estate because they may be moving up. That is a huge way to jumpstart your business. And we have it when you join our team that there's a minimum, you have to do two open houses a month. But really, you should be doing an open house every single weekend and probably Saturday and Sunday until you get business. And keep in mind, if you are a real estate agent, your job is to help people buy and sell real estate. So if you go a week or two or three, not at the very beginning, but once you're in it and you're not helping people buy or sell real estate, then you need to stop and look at what you're doing with your time and figure out how you can be more effective. Because think about it this way. If you worked in a manufacturing plant and your job was to put the left car door on the new Ford Mustang right. and it went three weeks and you didn't install any car doors on that Mustang, then you probably wouldn't be working in a factory any longer. That's right. Just because we have big commissions when they do come in, don't rest on your laurels. You should be striving to have one deal under contract and one deal closing every week. That would be four deals a month, or let's say 52 deals in a year. That is very doable. And if you closed 52 transactions a year, you would have one heck of an income and life, right? And you wouldn't be so overwhelmed because we're talking about working with maybe eight clients at a time, right? And if you have systems and processes like we do, a lot of that is supported. So the only thing that you're doing is lead generating, sorry, script practice and role play, lead generate, go on appointment and negotiate contract and social media, which is in really lead generation, right? All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was a great bonus tip. And it looks like we're right about our our wrap up time. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was a great topic. Yeah, Yeah, I actually, actually love this one. This was a great topic. So Newer agents, if you have further questions, please reach out to me or Kenny. Kenny, where can they find you? Um, Instagram at Realtor Kenny Fulton and Facebook Kenny Fulton and text 443-763-0958. Beautiful. Um, you can find me, uh, Real Estate Romeo on Instagram, Romeo Santos on Facebook. You can email me, Romeo at redanchorproperties.com or give me a call or a text at 240-401-8023. Rap stars, it's been our show. We're out. Peace. All right. Peace.